Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Lewis, and I am so glad you're here. My hope is that each episode feels like you're having tea or coffee with a friend. Religiosity can complicate our relationship with God, and it can feel more like a heavy burden than the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. I know what it's like to want a relationship with God and to feel like you have to do all the things the right way to keep God happy. Learning that God loves me and even likes me has changed my life and how I approach faith, the Bible, work, family. Because when you are grounded in your worth and God's grace, it does change everything. And I want to share that with you here. I pray that this podcast empowers you in your unique, genuinely personal relationship with God and encourages you to rest in who God is and who he says you are. Hey there, friend, and welcome to this episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for hitting play and listening to this episode. Today, I'm going to talk about one specific thought around people pleasing or doing things for other people and trying to basically control um, how they respond to you, treat you, think about you, and how we shouldn't be doing as many things for other people as we're doing. Because this can be actually a trap. But maintaining how important it is to intentionally do things for other people. We just want to be able to recognize when we're doing something to control other people's perception of us and where we're actually giving and serving and loving because the motivation behind these is so different. Even if the action that we are taking is the same, our attitude and the energy that we come at it with will be entirely different. I'll start with a story. So a lot of my good mom enoughness or good mom points or even good wife points have come from my ability to keep my house clean ish. Not that I'm super tidy. Like I don't always have like vacuum carpet lines and there's usually a pile of clutter on my Island, you know, so clean ish, but to a certain extent, having some of that done is how I have measured my success. And the way that that shows up in my life is when Bill comes home from work, say it's been a day that I've been home with the kids, he's been gone all day. And if I've been home with them all day and the dishes aren't done, maybe there's laundry on the couch, the living room isn't picked up and there's maybe there's breakfast dishes still on the table. And as he's coming home, or I know he's going to be home in a little while, I want to clean. I want to get it picked up, not just so that he could enjoy a clean house, not so that we could all enjoy a relaxing evening together or going off to do whatever we're going to do and come back to a clean house. My internal pressure is to get that clean so that he thinks that I've been productive today which maybe I have been productive today and I've been working on work projects or I've been writing or playing with the kids and different things have been a priority. Or maybe I literally haven't been productive and it's okay for me to not always have it together. Maybe it was a mistake and I did manage my time poorly and 
I can vulnerably own that because it feels vulnerable to me to be like, well, actually I did slack today. You've been off working all day and here I haven't been as productive as I think I should be in order to be like valuable contribution to our home and how it's running. So there can be all of these thoughts, but we have to recognize it first. So what might be happening for you, what was happening for me is like before we got home, I wanted to get everything clean or I would start to get snappy with other people because of not having things together. Um, My pastor calls it snitting, I think, where you have somebody coming over and you're just running around snitting. And I don't have any idea where that word came from, but I think it's funny because it captures part of the uh, energy and emotion around it. Cause we're just like nitpicking at things and like, Oh, I have to clear this area that hasn't been clean for, you know, two weeks or I have to do this or that. And we rush around and this would happen not just when I had guests coming over, but when my husband was coming home from work, because I wanted to appear productive. So you see how I was doing something for perception's sake, not even because I loved him. So untwisting this and untangling it and looking at it better allowed me to say, okay, who am I doing this for? And if I'm not doing it out of love, it's actually bringing resentment. So if I am doing this because I love my family, I want them to notice, but it doesn't all hinge on them noticing. See, if we want them to have a certain perception of us, then we really want them to notice. And we really want them to be like, wow, you got the house clean. You were so productive today or whatever we wanted them to see us as. We really want that validation right back to us if that's why we're doing it, if that's our motivation. And resentment can build because of unspoken expectations. We want them to say something. So we could say like, Hey, I got all this done. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? And we could ask for that feedback. That's, there's really nothing wrong with that. Or we could completely flip the narrative and do something out of love and stop doing it for them. What if you cleaned your house because it made you feel good? What if you, like we're using this example, the the story I gave, but it's so applicable to other areas of our lives. Maybe we're, I don't know, reading books to our kids to like make us feel like we're a present parent. And that's how we're like measuring our goodness as a parent. Maybe it's um, volunteering at church or at work for different projects in order for other people to think that we're easy to get along with or for us to feel like we're contributing. And those things, when they're our motivation rather than what actually gets me towards my goals. See, if I clean the house not for my husband and for me, The action might look the same because I might look at the clock and be like, crap, it's 4.30 and the house looks terrible and I actually don't want to be stressed this evening and now I have dinner to make and I'm going to run, you know, rush through the house and I'm going to clean and get it looking better. So it could look the same. We could do the same things, but our actions could also radically shift. We could say, wow, I dropped the ball say in this example, 
I didn't do what would bring more peace today. I am enough anyway. And now I'm at the point of the day where I need to actually sit down with my kids and just be present. I need to be fully immersed. Maybe you're reading them books or playing games and you have to decide what you do. But when love is your motivation rather than what other people think of you, it clarifies what actually is a priority. Now, loving yourself gets to be a factor here too. You might choose to sit and entertain someone else, even though your house is a mess. You might choose to clean because it's going to bring you peace, but you're no longer doing it because you care what someone else's perception of you is. You're not doing it to control their, well, to try to control. We can't ever really control how other people feel, right? But we can... We can trick ourselves into believing that we can, but this is such a powerful shift when we go from control to true, genuine love and care. I'm going to clean my house because it makes me feel good. I'm going to record that episode. I'm going to write that email. I'm going to send that card, not because I care what they think about me, but because I genuinely love them. Or I love me enough to prioritize my own needs. And then the resentment can go away too. Like not all resentment comes from this, but I think a big piece of it does where we're looking for other people to validate us and it can bring resentment when they don't. But what if we were loving ourselves by acknowledging our needs and meeting those needs And asking for those needs to be met, absolutely communicating them to the other people around us that care for us. But if we are doing things from a place of love, we won't burn out as quickly as when we're trying to prop ourselves up and control the perceptions that we're putting out into the world. So what do you need to shift I talked a lot about this one specific example, but this is the key. This is the key friends to really gaining that confidence and taking care of yourself and not playing small and not apologizing for who you are. When we take love and let that be the filter with which we see the world, the filter with which we act and care for ourselves and other people. I would love to know, like, maybe you can just hit pause after this one. Maybe don't let the next episode play, you know, how it auto plays hit pause on your phone or on your Bluetooth and just sit and say, what area of my life Have I really wanted other people to respect me in or see me in a certain light in? Just let one area come to mind. And then ask yourself how it would look different if you just loved instead of tried to control how people perceived you or were worried what they thought about you. How could you shift that? What could you let go of? 
what could you start doing? Maybe the only thing that shifts is what's inside of you and that energy that you're bringing to the table, that you're bringing to tasks, that you're bringing to your relationships. That is such a powerful and beautiful thing. Don't dismiss this just because it's a shorter episode. Don't dismiss it because it's part of the theme that we're you know, talking about in December about people pleasing. This is life-changing. So if you need to go back and listen to it so that you can kind of insert your example back into the episode, do it. There's no time limit. There's no rush. There's nothing else that has to get done next or another episode that you have to listen to. You can listen to this one over again and let it sink in. How could you shift from people pleasing to love? And how can you do things for others? Perception less. You'll show up with so much, so much more authenticity and you'll show up with so much genuine care for other people without dismissing your own needs. Therefore, without the resentment. It's so powerful. I hope you have an epiphany. I hope it hits a specific area and it just lands for you and you're able to put it into practice. If you do, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. Maybe even share it on the show. Send me a DM on Instagram, emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email, hello at emilyklewis.com. Let me know. I can't wait to hear how this impacts you and your life. And if you want to share it with other people, I keep forgetting to invite you guys to this space, but there is a group just for Abundant Grace podcast listeners. It's over on Facebook where we are getting early access. You get early access to every single podcast episode. We have discussion around each episode as well as prayer requests and bonus content in there. It's a place that you want to hang out. Go to yourrelationshipwithgod.com forward slash community to get all of the links to that. And I can't wait to see you in there and get to know you and see your beautiful face in the community. Go to yourrelationshipwithgod.com forward slash community and I'll see you there. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to the Abundant Grace Podcast. If this episode was an encouragement to you, I would love to invite you to share it with a friend. And it would help me out so much if you would leave a review for the Abundant Grace Podcast. It makes a world of difference getting this podcast into the ears of other people so that they can be empowered and freed from religious do's and don'ts too. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram at emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email at hello at emilyklewis.com. I'm praying for you and cheering you on in your faith and healing. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, there's nothing you can do that will make God love you more and nothing you have done that makes God love you less.